0: Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go ahead and let's find two passages tonight. The first one, Second 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Alright, let's go there. 2 Timothy 1. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now we are in a series on understanding fear. And so we've talked about different things. Tonight I am going to talk. This is my title tonight: Which Spirit Are You Operating By? Which Spirit Are You Operating By? And so we will go to uh, the Scriptures here in Second Timothy. I've lost it. Let me find it again. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I think you probably know where I'm going if you're a Bible student. Look look at verse 7. The Bible says, For God hath not given us, us, the church. Everybody say the church. (laughs) Us is the church. The spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, you know... If you want to find power, love, and a sound mind, that's, that's in the church. That's in the church. We hear all this stuff about love today, but there's only love. The only place love is is in the church. That's it. Why is it quiet? That's it. That's the only place there's any true love. You see, you know, we're called haters and every other kind of thing because we don't agree with what you're doing, that's right. Right? That's right? But the truth is, we're, we're the only people that can disagree with you and still love you and still pray for you. That's right. That's right. We're the only ones. Yeah. We don't hit you, slap you, cuss you, kick you. At least if we're following God, we don't. <laughs> well, we pray for you. Yeah. We, we still rebuke your sin and call it out, but that's love. Yeah. That's right. love. That's right. Love warns you. Amen. You don't want to spend life in hell, you, the rest of the eternity in hell. Well, if you love me, you wouldn't scare me like that. Well, I, if I scare you out of hell, I'd do it. Praise God. Because you're either going to heaven or going to hell, one or the other two. You're, you're you're one of those places, and it did, it either, it's either you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're on your way to heaven, or you haven't, you're on your way to hell. Now, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you hear what I said, Lord? Lord and Savior, then you're going you're gonna to follow the Word. Right. Amen. And if you don't do that, then you don't have any fruit. I don't know that He's your Lord. and I don't know that you're going to make it. Right. But if He's your Lord and Savior, you're going to make it. Amen. Right. And so, the, you know, the, the world's out of its mind. Yeah. But the church has a sound mind. Right. And there should be power in the church. Yeah. Now, you know, not everything that calls itself a church is a church. Not all those reverends on TV are reverends. I don't know what they are. Amen. And there's some of those reverends on TV that make the news and they, they talk about what the Bible says. Don't know what, they don't know what the Bible says at all. I don't know. I'm just wondering, have you even read it? Well, all right. Good preaching, Pastor. But anyway, amen. So, but, but that's where the power's at. That's where the love's at. That's where the sound mind's at. But, the, you know, the world operates by the spirit of fear. And everything's, a, you know, everything's bad. Do you, do you notice everything is bad news any longer? And it's all fierce like we're, we're destroying the, we're destroying the planet. we're not one, one politician said this, I cannot believe this that this person's in Congress said, you only got 12 years left on the planet before it's all destroyed because of global warming." Well, they don't call it global warming now because they can't prove that now it's because climate change. So if it snows, it's climate change. if it doesn't snow, it's climate change. If it doesn't rain for a while it, it''s, it's it's, it's climate change. If it rains a lot, it's climate change. But you know, it, oh, and, and old people fall for this that's been around a while, and I'm thinking, every summer I've ever lived here, we went, we'd drive the grass dries up. Yeah. Amen. Besides, I lived in the '70s when they told us that there was a coming ice age. Yeah. <laughs> it hadn't showed up yet. Well, you mean you you mean you don't believe in global warming? Oh my gosh, my pastor doesn't believe in glo- global warming. No, I'm not saying the earth doesn't fluctuate. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it, it has periods of times when it's warmer and other times cooler. Than other times, but no, I don't believe in man-made global warming. To tell me that g- the human beings can destroy the planet that God made, we can't destroy it. We can't fix it. We can't do anything with it but live on it. You mean to tell me, Pastor, you don't believe that we could, we could kill everybody on the planet. I'm not saying we couldn't kill everybody on the planet, but we wouldn't destroy the planet. The planet still be here. We'd just all be dead. Right? You can wipe out every green thing on the planet and come back in a few years and it'll be back. Uh, such, such height of arrogance to think that we humans are going to save the planet. We didn't make the planet. We can't destroy the planet. We can't save the planet. God's going to destroy it one day. He's going to burn it up with fire and give us a new one. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So you don't, you don't believe in it? No. You, listen, I'm not, you know, and I'm not running out and buying an electric car. Now, if you want an electric car, buy an electric car because you want an electric car. Yeah. Right? Some The way gas prices are, people are wanting to buy electric cars. But you know what you do? If you buy, If everybody buys electric cars, they'll raise electricity. If we get a car run on air, I'm sure Congress would find a way to charge us for us and then tax us on top of that for the air. So the best things do just believe God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, so, so the world is always, you know, like, the, you know, the, the, the pandemic. And, of course, it was real. We, we know that. We know that, you know, we know people died from COVID. We understand that. But you know what? The, all the world could do is operate by fear. I mean, there's people still afraid of it. I saw someone the other day. I'm not judging them. You can do what you want to. It's your life. But I saw someone the other day. They're still driving around in their car with their mask on. And they're only one in the car. I'm thought you trying to keep from giving COVID to yourself? But it's just the spirit of fear. And of course, if you don't know God, what else are you going to do? But when you know the Lord, praise God, there, you don't have to operate by the spirit of fear. God's not given us the spirit of fear. He's not giving the church the spirit of fear. Amen. COVID's not going to kill me or any other disease. Hallelujah. I'm going to live my life out because of what God said in His Word. Hallelujah. Now, there's church people that don't believe that. Well, I'm sorry, but go to a good church where they teach the Bible. Amen. Amen. They'll teach you your redemption. Amen. Well you, well, you just never know. You just never know. You might, Pastor, you might leave here today and a train hit you. Well, there isn't any trains in Evansville that I've seen except on the west side, and I don't go over there. <laughs> we love west I'm having fun with you. But you know what I'm saying? See, people say, they think those things, you know, like, well, you never know, Pastor, you might leave here and get hit by a car or a truck or something like that. No, I'm believing God for divine protection. I'm not believing, I'm not leaving here in fear that I'm going to get hit by a car or a truck. I'm not living my life that way. I'm believing for divine protection. He said he'd give his angels charge over me. I'll believe that. Well, there have been Christians that have been killed, Pastor. What do you say about that? Well, they went to heaven. That's all I know. That's, that's all I need to know. If God wanted to tell me why they got hit by a car, truck, or whatever, he'd tell me. But if he doesn't tell me, I guess I probably don't need to know. How many me, me, me understand that we don't have to be so nosy sometimes? Just believe the word, right? Instead of trying to figure everything out, that's what gets people into unbelief, trying to figure everything out. Well, you know, my, my cousin, now he believed that way. He believed that faith stuff and he died. Well, thank God he went to heaven. Yep. Right. Amen. I don't know why he died. You don't, and you don't either, really, because you don't really know what he was believing. Just because he said he was believing doesn't mean he was believing. Right. Yeah. And you never know. You just never know. Amen. Right. And so I don't, my, I don't base my faith on what happened to him or happened to her you know, or, any, or, or or even what happens to me, I base my faith on the Word. Right. There's some things in my life that aren't lined up with the Word, but that doesn't change the Word. And what I mean, I'm not talking about living in sin. I'm talking about some things that I, my redemption that tells me I have that I, maybe I don't just physically possess it totally right now, but that doesn't mean it's not real. That's right. That's good. That's good. There's the fruit of the Spirit. Is it real? I don't always possess all of it all the time, but it's still real. <laughs> Can I have an Amen. It's not always all working in my life all the time, but that doesn't make it not real. It just means I'm not, I'm not walking in it. Yeah. Amen. You know, I got aggravated somebody the other day. I didn't say anything to him, but I was thinking about it. It's cr- it was crossing my mind strongly. Well, you know what? See, I didn't, I didn't yield to it. So you have to choose what you yield to. Yeah. It wasn't any of you, so quit looking that way. It wasn't anybody in this church. It was, it was somebody out in the world, you know. And, uh, you know, but you know what I'm saying, say just because something happens to somebody or doesn't happen to somebody or, or it's not even happening in your life, it doesn't mean it's not real. It just means for some reason there's not been a connection made. Right? You don't have to, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or wrong with that person. You know, sometimes there's just things we have to work through. We have to find out the key, the answer to it. Amen. I've had things I've worked on before that I couldn't figure it out for a while, but I just kept working on it and kept working on it until eventually I found the key. This is the way this works. And then, then from then on, it works. you know, you got it figured out. Amen. So we have to be careful that we don't allow, like the, a lot of the church has, this spirit of fear to, to get in our life. We're, we're operating by fear. We're afraid we're going to get this or we're afraid we're going to get that or we're afraid, you know, uh, of, of our, uh, uh, you know, losing all of our retirement. You know, right now, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't have a whole lot in my retirement account, but I have some in there. And I've looked at it. The last time I looked at it, I thought, ooh, that went down. I'm not looking any longer. That doesn't make it go away. It just means I don't need to know. What, what am I going to do about it? I'm going to trust God to bring it back up someday. Amen. And so, you know, you don't have to get in fear. People take their lives because of that. You know, stuff like that. I remember back in the crash, you know, some things that we happened uh, years ago. I think it was back in the 19, uh, uh, 2008 or somewhere around there when people's uh, IRAs and, you know, their retirement accounts took hits and people lost a lot of money. There were people taking their lives. And if they just hung around, it all went back up. But well, it's the spirit of fear. What am I going to do? What about my future? Well, if you're a Christian, you know what? You don't need to be operating in the spirit of fear. God's got your future. He said, Don't take any thought about it. I'll take care of you. Amen. You believe God could do it some other way besides your pension fund? Yeah, He'll use Social Security. Well, huh, he'll have to talk the, the Congress into letting him first. It's broke. You understand what I'm saying? God doesn't need Social Security. He doesn't need your retirement fund. He's God. He fed the prophet by ravens bringing food to Him. Amen. Amen. We talked about it. I might have been last Wednesday night. No, I didn't preach last Wednesday night. Last, no, I didn't preach Sunday morning. When, when did I preach here last time? But anyway, whenever it was, we were talking about, uh, you know, the the, the, the uh, what was we talking about? I don't, I, don't, I don't want to be like Pastor Jerry and get three people touching the hem of his garment one time like he did the other night. Uh, <laughs> he had Jairus, the one with the issue of blood, and the centurion, didn't he all, doing something? I don't know. But anyway, uh, I was talking about, you know, the, the, the widow woman, you know, and uh, God commanded her to sustain the prophet. And obviously, she, you would have thought she would have been a rich widow woman. I mean, if God would have told me, if I'd have been Elijah and God said, go down here to Zarephath, I've got a widow woman that's going to sustain you. I thought, man, this is a rich widow woman. And she was broke. But God did something. Amen? So he he not only wanted the widow woman to sustain him, and all she had to sustain him with was just a little bit. But God used it, didn't he? Amen. So we don't want to be like the world and operate in the spirit of fear. But look at this in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Go there, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Paul said, we having the same spirit of faith. Now who's we? The church. The church, the church having the same spirit of faith, according as is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So, so the world operates by the spirit of fear, but the church... Is supposed to operate by the Spirit of faith. What does that mean? We're, we're supposed to expect things to work out. We're supposed to expect God to deliver us. We're supposed to expect God to come through and meet our needs and heal our bodies and deliver us. Why? Because that's who He is, that's His name. Amen. You go and look at His names in the Old Testament. They all speak deliverance. They all speak provision and so forth. And so we have to, we have to be careful. See, we're to, we're to walk by faith and not by sight. We're not supposed to walk by what we see. Well, you know, listen, I'm telling you what, if I walked what I, by what I saw in our country right now, I'd move. I'd go to some other country. Where would you go? I don't know. I don't know if there's any, any better or not. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's just just the craziness, the nuttiness that's going on. It's just like, how did we get here where we have these reprobate minds that can't even judge something or can't think clearly? Yeah, no. You know, and I, I, and I have to live with you people. Not you people, but you know what I'm saying. Those people, right? But l- listen, I don't think God's done. I said, I don't think God's done. With our country, That's right. and I think the church in America is going to get stronger. Amen. Now I wouldn't. Now I'm telling you, just this is a warning. I would, I wouldn't, and you don't, you you guys don't that are here, but I, I wouldn't play around with this thing any longer, because this evil is going to suck people like crazy into it, and you got to be strong. Amen. That's right. I love what Doctor Barclay told a guy in his church one time. He he after after the uh, service, a guy came up to me and said, "Well, I, I'll tell you what I believe. Uh, you know, we're going through the tribulation, the church, because you know, Doctor Barclay's preaching the rapture of the church, the you know, the, the pre-trib rapture. We're going out here for the tribulation uh, happens, and that's the one I like. And that's the one I believe the Scripture endorses. Yeah. Amen. And there's a lot of reasons why, which we're not teaching on that tonight, but it's a lot of scriptures." scriptural reasons behind that. But this guy told him, he he said to Dr. Barclay, he said, I believe we're going through the tribulation. Dr. Barclay said, you're not. He said, what do you mean? He said, you can't make it to church now. You certainly won't make it through the tribulation. I don't know what makes people think that if they can't live strong for God now, they'll live strong for God then. Of course you won't. You can't do it as easy as it is now. I mean, we provide air conditioning, padded Seats for your blessed assurances. Right? Good praise and worship. Fantastic preaching. Yeah. Yeah. A great sound man. Yeah. And brother-in-law. I hope Dustin's watching this tonight. Right? I mean, pay parking so you don't have to scuff your high heels up. Ladies, <laughs> all this stuff, and, and yet people can't even can't even make it. And they're going to make it when the pressure really hits. You're not going to make it when persecution hits, and persecution is it's hitting the church. But we're strong. But those of us are strong in the Lord. I mean, we'll just excel. That's right. Amen. You know, but see, people—they're they, they're deceived. Christians are deceived, thinking you know I can live this kind of like. And I don't even think some of them know they're on the fence. But, it, it, you know, if you're if you're not on fire for God, you're on you're on the fence. Amen. We still we still need to understand that. You know, it's not like you're going to lose your salvation or anything. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is the devil will suck you out. It's not like God, what I mean that, what I'm trying to say is, it's not like God said, well, you're not dedicated enough. I don't want anything to do with you. No, it's the devil will slowly pull you out. You know, uh, here's one one thing Brother Hagin said. Pastor Dr. Barclay, my pastor, told me this one time. He he, He said, Mark, he said, Brother Hagin told me this. He said to me, he said, said, you will not be surprised at the things that... He said, Brother Hagin said, I won't be here to see it. He said, but you will. He said, you won't be surprised at the things that take place in the last days. He said, you won't be surprised like the doctrines and stuff and different things. He said, you won't be surprised by it. He said, but you will be surprised by who falls for it. And I thought, yep, I'm surprised by some people that are falling for some things today. And they didn't overnight, but you got to stay strong in your spirit. Yes. When you lose your hunger for prayer, you've got to, you're got you not healthy spiritually. When you lose your hunger for to worship God, you're not healthy spiritually. When you lose your hunger to be in the house of the Lord, you're not healthy spiritually. When you lose your hunger for the Word of God, to feed on it, you're not healthy spiritually. When you lose your hunger to live holy and to share Jesus with people, you're not healthy spiritually. You are spiritually. Those are signs that you're in trouble. Amen. Yeah. Come on, y'all, don't be that quiet on me. On. It's the truth. Yeah. There are signs to Spirit, yeah. just like there's signs that you don't feel well. How many know you know, we don't, me know when, you, when you don't feel well? Yeah. You don't just wake up and say, you know, I don't think I feel well today. I don't know, but I don't think I do. No, you know. Yeah. Right. Something's not, there's some signs there. Amen. Yeah. Right. So... Everybody say spirit of fear? Spirit of faith. We have to decide which one we're going to operate by. Is it going to be the spirit of fear or spirit of faith? I don't know about you, but I'm going to, I'm going to believe it's going to all work out in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. And it will for everybody that follows God's word. If you follow the word, you're going to come out on top. Now look at Romans chapter 10. Is that it? Yeah, Romans 10. Go there, Romans chapter 10. Mm -mm -mm. Romans chapter 10, because (laughs) we have to, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to walk by, you know, see, God's not given us, He didn't give us the spirit of fear, but it doesn't mean we can't walk in it. He has given us the spirit of faith, but it doesn't mean we'll walk in that spirit. We have to choose to. We have to choose not to walk in fear and choose to walk in faith. It's going to work out. Amen. Now, Romans chapter 10 tells us this in verse 17. It says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We all know that scripture, right? Yeah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, you have to replace these mental images that the world's trying to put on us and the, the, you know, the news media, if that's what they really are. They're not even news media. I don't know what they are. They're talking heads or something, but they don't report anything. But, you know, the news media and, you know, all, 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 these, all these mental pictures of fear, you've got to replace those with mental pictures of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to replace those. I mean, you have to replace thoughts with other thoughts. That's right. Have you ever asked your spouse, what are you thinking? And they say, nothing. That's really not true. I've only met a couple people in life I thought that could be true about. See, that's, we're, we're always thinking something, and we have to think about what we're thinking about so that we, we make sure we replace, but there's only one way to replace those mental pictures of fear. That's with the Word of God, with faith. We have to find out what God said about it, right? See, a lot of people were really fearful during the, uh, like the pandemic, you know, the COVID thing, and once again... There's no way I'm saying it wasn't a real thing, but walking in fear is not the answer. Walking in faith is the answer. Amen. And so we came up with, you know, the government came up with all kinds of rules. Some of them were just dumb. Dumb, you know, stay six feet away because that virus hit, drops dead at six feet. So, you know, you went to Walmart, you know, with your tape measure, six feet stuck out, making sure everybody's six feet away, you know. There are people still like that, you know. It's like, oh, my gosh, don't get close to me. It's just fear. There's no faith about that. Amen. Yeah. You know, so I just, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I'm not, I'm not going to be afraid of those things. I didn't change my lifestyle. I, now, there were certain things you had to do because if you're going to go into business, you had to put a mask on. Right? Still, I went to the hospital the other day. I think it was the other day I went to the hospital and went, Yes, yeah, someone see somebody in the hospital. I had to put a mask on to go in there. Well, you know, it's it's just leave like that or make a scene. So I, you know, I put the mask on. All right. Uh, but what? Is, but what does it do? It probably didn't do anything. It just it's just you know government. We had a <laughs> we had a uh, uh, you don't know, you you, Some of you remember, you know, 2000 when the, when the when the uh, pandemic hit and 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 they like they shut everything down and and then you know for a little bit the churches were shut down except for 10 people you could have 10 people in your service you know they, they said and all that that stuff went on well we had a uh, a a seminar about uh, to, for us pastors about uh, and it was put on by good people it wasn't put on by the government it was put on by christian people Uh, But they were involved, you know, in government things and about how to open your churches back up. And so what they had was they had a an infectious doctor there and they had a lawyer there. And, uh, you know, to, to look at it from the medical side and to look at it from the legal side. So you didn't do anything as a church that you could get sued over in our sue crazy world. And so all of this, and so they allowed questions. And one of the questions that stuck out with me and stayed with me was somebody said, okay, uh, you know, you guys say that we're supposed to stay six feet apart. And they asked this infectious doctor, they said, why six feet? Here's what he said. He said, we had to come up with something. In other words, there's no science. We just had to give you a number. The thing of it is, is no matter what takes place on the earth, it does not cancel out Psalm 91. No matter what happens. No plague, no pestilence. None of that's going to take us out. Now, I know some of us, we fought and we battled COVID, but we got over it. Praise God. Right? I didn't shut my life down when the flu's running crazy. Amen. Well, some of, you, some, some of y'all understand that, you know, now you understand looking back. You, you could see the fear that the, that the world tried to put on us. It's like, man, this is it. No, no, not for us believers. Come on. Right. Amen. So you have to make sure. I know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We have to feed the spirit of faith in our life the Word. Yes, that's right. We have to feed it, the Word. And... Um, you know, we have to make sure that the hearing of our, the hearing of the word's adequate enough in our life. Because if faith comes by hearing, fear goes. Faith comes, fear goes. So when we put... Listen, I've seen this happen, and, and I, try to, I try to tell people, don't do that. Don't do that. They'll get some kind of sickness, and they will get on the Internet and they will dig everything they can find out about it. Oh, my gosh. Well, sometimes you get too much information, and it robs you of your faith. I'm not telling you not to do it. Do it if you want to, but I don't do that. I find out this is the place you ought to be getting your information. If you'd spend more time in this, 1 Peter 2.24 and the healing promises, it'd sure help you a lot more than to find out what the Internet says about it. Besides that, a lot of times, it's just, you know, you know, there's junk science. For instance, we talked a little bit about global warming, and of course, you know, people, people, even Christians, they buy into this, you know. But did you know there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of, of scientists that do not believe in man-made global warming? Thousands of them. But they, they can't, their voice will never be heard to the general public because the news media and politicians suppress it. But there's thousands of them that have true science. The same thing's true with all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. You know, thank God for the medical community, but God's Word's where you need to turn to. Amen? Find out what God said about it. You know, not find out everything, you know... Like and besides that, you know, I hear people say, "Well, pastor, it has to be true." It was on the internet. Did you know, people put stuff? People put that stuff on there. It does not mean it's true. It's like one preacher said one time. He said, "Man, I wish I had all the money." Wikipedia says I have. <laughs> I saw the article about him on Wikipedia. Man, they had him owning everything in the ministry. Everything. All the property, all that was his. And he's worth millions and he doesn't own any of that. That's all the ministry's property. He dies, you know, the ministry keeps on going. They keep it. You know what I'm saying? His wife doesn't get it. Come on. But Wikipedia, they, you, know, it, you know, it's real accurate. How you know that? I mean, it's right next to the Bible, right? No. The answer is No. Stick with the Word. Amen. Amen. So we have, to, we have to feed the spirit of faith. How do we feed the spirit of faith? We feed the spirit of faith by hearing what God said. Right. Hearing, faith comes by what? Hearing. And what do we need to hear? The Word of God. Word of God. Well, who's, whose word's more important, God's or the world's? God's, God's or Wikipedia. God's. God's or, you know, some medical journal. God's, God's is more important. Isaiah said, who hath believed our report? So it's not a matter, you know, that we just deny everything that's on there, but we got to be suspicious of everything. I never take anything the world says as final authority. Never. Never. Right? My grandpa, he he still doesn't, well, he's in heaven now, but he went to his grave, man, didn't believe we landed on the moon. How do you know? You ever been up there and seen the flag? Okay, praise the Lord. I'm not a moon landing denier, all right? I'm just uh, making a point here. Some of you got that. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 8. <laughs> I believe we landed on the moon. Grandpa did. not He did. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Well, you got to understand, I mean, you know, he, he was born in 18-something. And so that was so far removed from his world. It's like this didn't happen. Now, um, Luke chapter 8. But I am suspicious about anything the news media or anybody you know, like that reports. I'm suspicious of it. I don't take it as the truth. Now, Luke chapter 8, and go, go to verse 41. The Bible says, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down uh, at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had, uh, he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a dying. But, he, but as he went, as Jesus went, the people thronged him. Now, Mark says that he said this to Jesus, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. So see, he spoke faith, didn't he? That's Mark's account. We're reading Luke's account because there's something else I want to read. But Mark's account, he said, come and lay your hands on her that, that she may be healed and she shall live, see. Now... In the process of time, the woman with the issue of blood, you know, she comes by, touches the hem of Jesus' garment and is healed and gives her testimony. And, uh, you know, I, I think the Bible condensed it. You know, it didn't tell us everything she said, but it just gave us the it gave us the, the summation of what she said. Well, she may have testified for quite a while. She may have went back all those 12 years and talked about things. But anyway... In the process of that, in verse 49, while, while he yet spake, while Jesus spoke, spoke to the daughter, to the woman with the issue of blood, uh, there came one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your, your, uh, your daughter is dead. I mean, that's as bad as it gets. Yep. Trouble not the master. Forget it. Leave him alone. It's over with. When Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Listen to what Jesus told this man. He said, don't stop operating by the spirit of faith just because you got bad news. Don't yield to the spirit of fear. Fear not, keep believing, and she'll be whole. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Fear not, believe only, she'll be made whole. See, he started out believing, didn't he? Yeah, he came to Jesus with faith. He started out believing. But in the process of time, things went from bad to worse. Did you know sometimes that happens when you believe in God? Sometimes it goes from bad to worse. But what did Jesus say? Fear not. Don't get into fear. Keep believing. And you'll get it. Hallelujah. Sometimes we get bad news, right? We're not immune to it. Thank God. Brother Greg was talking about heaven tonight. Thank God there's a day we're going to be there. Then we're immune from bad news. But until the day, well, you know, bad, bad, bad stuff tries to happen to us just as well as it does anybody else. The difference is, is we got a promise. Hallelujah. We have redemption. And so we don't have to just settle for that and just say, you know, okay, that's the way it is. its I guess this is what I expect. This is my lot in life. No, 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 no. Your lot in life is the, Bi- the promises of God, the Bible. See, okay. yeah. That's our lot in life. This is what I'm going. This, this is what, this is my See, David said the Lord is, I love this in Psalm. I, it might be Psalm 16. David said, the, the Lord is my portion and my cup. Now, portion is what's allotted to you. This is your portion. Amen. This is, this is the size of your steak. I went to a place here in town to eat one time, and it's kind of a rundown. I won't name it, but it's kind of a rundown. Okay, it's more than kind of rundown. It's really rundown. Junky place, but they have good food. Just close your eyes. You don't see the outside of the building. And so I went in there, you know. And uh, so I, I want to order a steak, you know, and, and they got T-bone, man. Yeah, I want a T-bone. But it doesn't tell you what size it is. So I asked the guy, I said, well, hey, what size is your T-bone? He said, oh, between two and a half and three pounds. I said, bring it on, brother. Man, I'm telling you, we had a whole side of beef here. Did you eat it? Yeah. The whole thing, except the bone. Plate and the fork, knife. Everything else was gone. Hey Amen. But, you know, you go, usually it tells you. Like, you know, you go, you go over to Longhorn. You know, it says, like, you know, uh, I, one time I got the 22-ounce porterhouse. I just wanted to have an experience that day. I had one, too. Wasn't all good, but steak was good, but the experience, there was some suffering with it. But, but I had that, you know. See, that, now, now, you know what? You could get the 22, and I've seen people do this. I never understood how you do this. I've seen people get a, a steak and then take half of it home. Somebody asked me the other day, I was eating, So you going to take part of that home? I said, yes, I am. I'm taking the whole thing home, but it's not going in a container. It's going in me. But the point is, you could order the 22-ounce steak. You don't have to eat you know, the whole thing, but that's your portion. That's your portion. What you eat, your cup. See, David said, "The Lord's my portion, but He's my cup." In other words, all God is is my portion, but He said, "My cup." I, I, I've received all that I can receive. I mean, he said, "My cup runneth over." Yeah. So, portion's what's allotted to you. Cup's what you receive. So, you know, God's given us a lot, but it's up to us what we receive of it. Right. You know. I, I don't know. I want to be like David. My cup runs over. Hallelujah. Now, this man here, he could have easily, just easily, just have gone over into fear and said, it's over with, because that's what they told him. They said, it's over with. Your daughter's dead. Don't bother the master any longer. Uh, it's over with. But Jesus heard They say, said, hey, man, wait. It's not over with. It's not over with. Amen. It's not over with. Right. Now, I, I think I want to go to Exodus. Did you get anything tonight? Yeah. Exodus 14, let's go there. Exodus the 14th chapter. And I want to look at this because I think, it's a, I think this, will, this will speak to us. Exodus 14. You remember, you remember the, uh, uh, the time, we won't read this scripture tonight for our time's sake because I'm going to close here. But in, in Mark chapter 4, when Jesus and his disciples were in that boat and he said, let us go to the other side. I remember that story. And they got out there a little ways and the wind began to blow and the boat began to fill with water and Jesus slept through the whole thing. Now, I don't know what kind of sleeper you got to be to sleep through the whole thing. You either got to be Jesus or my wife because she can sleep through anything. I mean, we had a train run through our bedroom window one morning and she slept through it. At least that's what it sounded like, man. This guy, we had our windows open one, when we lived downtown near the river. We had our windows open one morning, you know, it just nice air, fresh air coming in. And we're in bed. And it's, it's probably, I don't know, six something in the morning on the weekend, Saturday or something. And our neighbor decided it was a great day to get to rent a grump, a grump what do they call those? Stump, stump, stump. grump, stump, <laughs> stump grinder. Grump Steiner <laughs> you know that thing Yeah, that thing that you know, the thing that does that other thing, you know. He he decided it's a good day to to rent a, a stump grinder on Saturday morning when everybody in the neighborhood's trying to sleep. And he fired that thing. That's the loudest thing I ever. Heard. I mean, it I just I probably I was asleep and when he fired that thing up, I I feel like I shut off the mattress that high. Just phew, I thought well, it sounded like a train had come through the the bedroom, and, and and I jump up, and I shut the window, and I look over, and she didn't even move a muscle. <laughs> Ain't nothing happening. That's the way Jesus was, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, man, the boat's flowing and he, now listen, he is not kind of asleep. He's asleep. Yeah, yeah. They have to wake him up and say, hey, wake up. We're dying here. Real faith, guys. Now, you know, the Bible tells us, it's red letter, Jesus said, let us go to the other side. How I many know if Jesus said we're going to the other side, where are we going? The other side. But you know what? They thought, we're going out in the middle and sink. He didn't say that. He didn't say, let's go out in the middle and sink. He said, let's go to the other side. That meant they're going to the other side. But, you know, he gets up. He stands on the bow of the boat. He rebukes the wind and the sea, commands the waves to be calm, and it calms down. And he looks at them and he says, Why are you so fearful? Why is it you have no faith? He wasn't happy. He was not happy. Why did you wake me up? Now, let me explain something here. He was not upset with his disciples because they weren't in trouble. These are commercial fishermen. They know when a boat's in trouble, right? They know. What he was upset with is they did not face their fear with faith. See, when the Bible says fear not, it doesn't mean don't ever feel feelings of fear. We have emotions. We're going to feel feelings of fear at times. So He's not saying don't ever feel feelings of fear. He, what he's saying is face it and don't back down from it. Face it with faith. Deal with it. Amen. He's like that coffee cup I said I have. John Wayne. And the saying on it is, you know, uh, courage is... And I, I don't necessarily go for all the wording of this, but I like what it says. Uh, he says, Courage is being scared to death and saddling up, anyway. See, that's what God means when He says, Fear not. It doesn't mean you don't feel fear. Fear's not trying to attack you. Fear's not trying to uh, influence you. It just means you don't, you don't yield to that spirit. You don't yield to the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear, God's not given us the spirit of fear. He's given us power, love, and a sound mind. I'm not yielding to you. I'm going to yield us to the spirit of faith. Why? Because the spirit of faith always brings victory. Hallelujah. We always overcome by the spirit of faith. So we have to know, you know, I'm not talking like we're this superhuman. We never feel fear. It's like this guy, this is just for all you uh, Andy Griffith people that understand the truth. There was a guy who was coming to see Andy one night, and it's a guy he shot, Andy shot in the leg. The guy was robbing a filling station, and he shot him in the leg and wounded him, you know. And uh, this guy writes Andy a letter, so I'm coming to see you. And so Barney's like, Don't you know what this means? He's coming here to gun you down. Andy said, Well, that's not what the letter says. Well, you can see it in the way the, everything, the way the envelope's sealed, the way the envelope, the, the letter's folded. It's all there. He's coming to gun you down. And so one night, Andy's at home, and the guy calls, and he's in town, and he says, "I want to come over and see you." You know, so Andy doesn't know. You know, this guy. You know what he's going to do. So he sends he sends an Opie and Aunt B over to Clara's house. You know, and Opie comes in and says, "Paul, is there going to be trouble?" "Oh no, son, it'll be fine." "Well, you're sending us away." "Well, you just need to go over there," he said. "Paul, are you are you afraid?" are you scared? He said, well, maybe just a little. He said, boy, you sure don't show it. Is this the first time you ever been scared? He said, "Oh no, I've been scared a lot of times. But he faced it anyway. All right, that's Andy Griffith's 101. <laughs> and the guy comes over. He's not going to shoot Andy at all. He wants to, congr- he wants to give him a shotgun and, and say, thanks for wounding me because I laid up in the hospital and had time to think about it. thought, what a waste I'd made of my life. He said, if you hadn't done that, he said, I'd have never straightened up. Yeah. So it all ended good. Praise the Lord. You knew it would. Anyway, that's why I like that show. It always turns out good. Amen. But th- these, these, Jew- these, these disciples of Jesus, you know, they said, Lord... Uh, the Lord rebuked them. He was upset with them because they didn't face fear with faith. They didn't operate by the spirit of faith. See, He said, "Why are you so fearful? Why is it you don't have any faith? Faith and fear don't—they don't go together. They don't mix." Now let's close by going to Exodus chapter fourteen, Exodus fourteen, verse number ten. It says, "And when Pharaoh drew, drew nigh, the children of Israel—this is when they left. This is when the children of Israel had just left Egypt." Uh, When Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us to die in the wilderness? You know, just like Moses, yeah, I went through all this trouble to get you guys out here and have to bury you. No, come on. Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt? Real faith people, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not. Stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will see them again no more forever. For The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Now listen to what the Lord says. The Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore, Christ, thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they do what? That they go forward. See, I really believe with, with all of my heart that right now the devil is trying to intimidate the church with all that's going on. And it's amazing how many have been intimidated and have changed their minds about things that they know better. It's because they've, they've allowed the spirit of fear, you know, what would happen to us if we don't go along with the world. I'll tell you what will happen to you if you don't go along with the world. You will see the salvation of the Lord. Right. That's what will happen. Look what verse 16 says. But lift up... no. no God said, why are you crying to me? There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing to talk about, God said. Go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch it out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go over on dry ground through the midst of the sea. See, God said go forward. You're going to see one of the greatest miracles you've ever seen in your life. I really believe with all of my heart the devil right now is trying to intimidate the church, get the church to back down. Amen. Get the church to go backwards. Get the church to compromise. Because he knows what's ahead. Because the church that stays strong in these last days, I'm telling you, is going to come out with some glory. Those that don't compromise. Those that don't yield to the spirit of fear. Amen. We're going to see some good things. Amen. Amen. It's, I really believe this. Now, you, you, you know, you, you, it may not look like it right now because all over the, all over the United States, pastor after pastor says the same thing. I've, you know, I've got about 50% of my church that comes now. All over. Now, there's exceptions, of course. But as a general rule, any pastor you want to talk to, We'll tell you about half the people are coming. But I believe if those half that stayed will be strong. Amen. Amen. And we as a church don't yield to the spirit of fear. We're strong with our message. Amen. We're strong in our faith. God's going to do some really big things for us. I believe that. And, and, and the, 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 well, we want everybody, you know, we want everybody to go, go with us, right? I don't know they're all going to. I don't know. I, some, some I, I, I've just given up on some, some. I've just given up. Maybe that's not good, but I'm just thinking, I don't think they're ever going to be strong again. I don't think so. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll fool me. But I'll tell you what God's going to give us. He's going to give us new troops that are strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Amen. Uh, uh, He actually told us that prophetically Sunday morning. We were just praying like Pastor Debbie and Greg and I were praying, and Phyllis walks in, and the spirit of prophecy hit us. And the Lord said, I'm going to give you new troops, fresh troops. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean he's getting rid of you guys. But he's going to send some people like you that are hungry and strong and refuse to be led by the spirit of fear but are led by the spirit of faith. I'll operate by faith. I believe it. He told us prophetically. I mean, I already, I already had that in my spirit. But he told us prophetically Sunday morning, just in, right before the church, church ever started, we had prophetic word. And I'm thinking, you know, um, that's what God's going to do, man, if you refuse to compromise. Hallelujah. I'm not compromising, are you? Not compromising my faith. I'm not compromising the gospel. Not compromising the message. Not compromising the standards. Amen. Gonna stay strong. You'll get criticized. Well, yeah, we already get that. You get criticized, you'll get talked. We already we all get that, you know. You get that, but if you'll stay strong, you'll see the salvation of the Lord. Because what the devil wants us to do is go backwards. Go backwards. No, not going backwards. God said go forward. Amen? Because there's something good ahead. Hallelujah. And I want to be a part of it. And I'm going to be, and I know you are too, right? We're going to be a part of the, part of it. What, what are we going to see? We're, well, we're going to see all kinds of the, God's glory and things in the days that are right ahead of us. Hallelujah. My pastor says this. He says, get ready. He said, because in these last days, all those broken, beat up, messed up people are coming into the church to get fixed. So we better be ready, right? We better be ready to fix them. Amen. And it's not just up to me to fix them. It's up to all of us to fix them. And I know you're pretty good at doing that. And so keep doing it. Amen. You know, you, 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 you got you to gotta have the word for them and prayer for them and love for them. Amen. And don't judge them, you know, because they're not cleaned up yet. They'll get cleaned up. Amen. They got to hear the word, right? It's the word that cleans us up. Amen. I remember, I'm closing with this. I remember I was seven months old in the Lord. Seven months old in the Lord. And I went to this leadership conference in, in near Dallas, Texas, you know. And it was to teach leadership. But and we had like, you know, like three days of leadership training in this church, not not worldly leadership. Church, you know. And so after the three days, I think it was of leadership training, then we were gonna have a, a, a church camp. And there were like six hundred kids. And uh I learned real quick, man, if you can lead this group, you you can lead by anybody, because I mean, they, there's all kinds of things came to this thing. You know, I'm talking I'm talking about man. I mean, see, some of these kids were messed up, and uh, but anyway, <clears throat> what I was going to tell you was, I remember the, I think it was the last day of the leadership. We were praying for one another, and I'm only seven years old, and they they, they I'm seven months old in the Lord, and uh, but I was hungry for God. Hallelujah. And they actually asked me to be a speaker at 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 the the camp they had and I'm thinking I didn't tell them I'm just seven months old in the Lord I, I mean i I'll, I'll preach, praise God <laughs> because at the leadership thing they gave all of us a little bit of time to to preach a little bit, so I preached and they must have enjoyed it or something it must have been you know the the leader of it the, the lady was end up her and her husband were John Osteen's youth pastors uh, of lakewood church and so um, they must have. She must have liked it because she she uh, went. I was having breakfast and she came over to the table and said, "I want you to teach." I'm thinking, "Okay." Well, <laughs> we teach on. So she told me, to well, teach on." I'm thinking, "I'm not telling her, you know. I'm just, I'm just a baby." But one of the things that happened was the last night we all prayed for one another. And this guy, he's older than the Lord than me. He he lays his hands on me, and he starts praying for me. And here's what he prayed. He said, Lord, I pray that all the world that's in him will come out. Man, I wanted to slap that guy, which proved I still had the world in me. But I'm thinking, I thought, man, I'm going to be a speaker in this conference. Don't you know that? Well, see, obviously, there were still things in my life that that they could see I couldn't see. I didn't know. I was blinded to it. But it was still there. But it's the word. As I continue to get the word, some of that stuff came off of me. I didn't recognize it. Didn't need to be there. I didn't recognize it until the Lord showed it to me. You could have stuck your bony finger in my and in, in, in my face and said, "Quit, quit saying that about people. Quit calling people names." quit doing i just bit your finger. Which proved I needed some help, right? I was still rough around the edges. Phyllis wouldn't, like she said the other day, she wouldn't have married me before I got saved. And so, but that that, that all, the Lord, He knocked that stuff off by His Word, see? And that's what I say when people come in, we can't expect them to be fixed overnight. Just give them the Word, and the Word will clean them up. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com